listeners to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Another Thursday, another guest. Guys, we've been lining them up and knocking them down. We've had Rashad White on. We've had Cody Mock on. Uh, Luke Gedeke. Uh, we were just Dave Canales last week. Incredible interview with amazing insight on what his offense could look like coming into this season. And this week, another offensive player. Scott has beaten me up because I haven't got any defensive guys on here yet. But we're working on it. We're working on it. We'll get some defensive players here soon. But another offensive player, another exciting player, a guy who put up amazing numbers at Purdue, touchdown machine, red zone animal. Uh, He is our special guest today, Bucks tight end, Payne Durham. We've got him on. And joining me on the podcast, I'm JC Allen. We've got Adam Slavon. And we'll be breaking it down, talking to Payne for the next 30 minutes here. And Payne, we just want to say thank you for coming on. Uh, Excited to have you on here, man. No doubt. Thank you, Payne. Yeah, so Payne, obviously, um, you know, the draft is such a excruciating process. You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. What was it like? And I know we talked about this before, but in case anybody hasn't heard it, when the fifth round comes around, the Bucks not only grab you, but they trade up to grab you. What, what was that feeling like to get that call from the Buccaneers? Yeah, uh, I mean, it was an amazing feeling. Um, you know, going through the whole process, I met with the Bucks a bunch, um, got really close with my tight end coach through the whole process. So, you know, secretly in my head, I was hoping that it would happen. And, uh, you know, my mom was down there. So it just, it worked out well. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better spot. Um, so emotions were high for sure. And my family and I celebrated, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 an awesome story there. Uh, having, you know, the closeness, it seems like that was the trend with most of these Bucks players. They're either from here, have family here, have ties here, or lived in the state of Florida. It looks like almost almost all of them, besides Cody, who's only been up, lived up north, the first time in Florida even, pretty much everyone's at least spent some time in Florida. So that, that's got to help, too, as well, with acclimating down to here to the weather, the city, and all that stuff. Uh, how's uh, how have you been? Because Purdue's not—it's not known for its sunny days and warm weather. How have you been acclimating so far in OTAs and, and training camp to that that yeah. scorching heat? No doubt. Uh, yeah, it's actually kind of refreshing to get. You know, I'm from the south, so to to get back in, in sunlight a little bit—it's been nice. Uh, don't have to worry about snow anymore, but uh, it's been awesome. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely hot and humid down there, but you know that's something that you get used to. So. Uh, yeah, super excited to be in Florida. Yeah, being from Atlanta, you've obviously experienced it. Florida's a little bit of a different animal, though. But you also, fun fact, uh, you also lived in uh, London for a while, too. Talk about that experience and how that came about and what you learned from uh, from being overseas across the pond, if you will. Across the pond, yeah. So I lived in uh, not, not London quite, um, South Birmingham area, a uh, town called Bully Hole. Uh, if you've watched Peaky Blinders, about yeah. 10 away from there. Oh, uh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I uh, lived there for about five-ish years. Uh, don't remember a whole bunch about it. I mean, I was young. My, my dad worked in the aerospace metal um, industry, and, and his job took him over there. So uh, don't don't remember a bunch, but, I, you know, another funny tie-in with Tampa. I grew up a huge Manchester United fan. Uh, yep. The families. Um, so, it bunch of small weird tie-ins like that but uh yeah i, I took soccer away from it but that's pretty much <laughs> gotta hit the glazes up for uh, tickets in the in next off season if you go out there <laughs> yeah go ahead Adam. oh i was just gonna say speaking on you kind of mentioned like manchester united and soccer what are some of your hobbies and interests outside of football 
Yeah. Uh, love watching sports. Um, I mean, I, I grew up, I played every sport that was offered to me, basically. I played everything. Um, you know, I grew up in, in a suburb of Atlanta where, where, you know, we grew up before I, I wasn't an iPad child. So, uh, we grew up playing outside and, uh, you know, I grew up on the Chattahoochee river. So, you know, I was in the water most of my days. Another reason why I was very happy with Tampa, you know, I got the ocean for me, but, um, yeah, I grew up outside, you know, outside with friends, fishing, hunting, I mean, doing stuff like that. So, um, I'd say those, those are most of my hobby field. And then also lacrosse too. You mm-hmm. played it a lot, like during high school and just like speaking off that, how has that helped you on the football field? Maybe translating, getting open, creating some space. Is that some things that I've translated to your game? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, playing attack in lacrosse, you know, I have to score goals, I have to get open, separate from my defender to get my hands free to either shoot or pass. Um, you know, Ty- Tyler Botts, I'll, I'll give Tyler Botts a shout out. My high school lacrosse coach always preached about, you know, if you can create just six inches of separation and get your hands open, you're going to be able to do something with the ball. And, you know, that translated to, you know, I know I'm not the fastest guy. I mean, you can look at my my, my combine results and, and that. But if I can get six inches of separation, I, I trust my hand-eye coordination and my hands enough that you give me six inches, I'm going to come down with the ball. So um, some similar, similarities there and change of direction. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, we were talking to Coach Canales last week, and he was praising you and uh, your fellow rookie, Tanner Tallow, there. Uh, you guys aren't the fastest guys, but you're somehow able to create this quick twitch separation at the top of the routes. That was your, I mean, you're, you're, you're huge, man. <laughs> your, your catch radius as well. You know, where, how does that play into, you know, because obviously, as you, you mentioned in the past, you're, you're not Kittle, you're not Kelsey. You've got to find creative ways to get open, and lacrosse has helped you do that. But really, when did you realize that, hey, I need to be able to do things at the top of the route, and how did you develop that? And, you know, how did, um, you know, your co- college coach, Ryan Wallace, how did help he help you develop that too to be able to, figure out, okay, this is what works best for me at the top of the routes to get open, to create this small separation that I can utilize my height, my wingspan, and my jump ball abilities to bring down, I mean, what did you get, 25 touchdowns over your career? I mean, you're just a touchdown machine. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, it's something I'm still working on for sure. It's some, something I can keep improving on. But, you know, <clears throat> Coach Wallace always talked about you have to be able to get open in a phone booth. You have to be able to get open in a 10-yard box. And there's different ways to do that. I mean, you can be physical uh, at the top of the route, uh, use my size, my advantage there. Uh, you can use, you know, knowledge. If, if you know the coverage, you know where that guy is told he should be and how you can get somewhere that he's not. Uh, and just being deceptive, um, you know, breaking down a little bit quicker, using my eyes, um, just different little things that, you know, can give me that six inches. If you give me six, I'm going to take six. So, uh, <laughs> And that's been that's been a theme of your your college career, especially once once you guys get down in the red zone. And that's something that Canales was talking about. You know, excited about being able to use you down there in the red zone. Bucks had some struggles last year down there. Not going to lie. Um, and, and you know, having a guy of your capability to go down there. What's your mindset when you get down into the red zone? Like when you're in there, it's go time for you, right? I mean, I, I've heard you talk about uh, different things about you know that ball's in the air. It's yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's that was preached to me for for five years at Purdue. Uh, you know, if we're within the twenty five, that that ball's going to you, and if it's in the air, it's yours. It's no one else's. And uh, Coach Canales always preaches about finishing, 
finishing drives, finishing what you start. Uh, that's something that had kind of hit home with me, uh, the finishing drive aspect of it. You know, he says finish, then I'm going to go down there and I'm going to do everything in my power to, to finish that drive. Um, and if that means, you know, blocking the defense in, so, so someone gets a pass off and, or someone run, uh, yeah, I'm just all about finishing and all about getting those points. So during your five years at Purdue, uh, the number is actually 21 touchdowns on 126 receptions. So that, that's about 16% of your catches in college equating for touchdowns. There was another number 87 in Tampa just a couple years ago in Rob Gronkowski, somebody you mentioned you had a couple jerseys of growing up. Is that someone you've kind of modeled your game after being like a big tight end that can find the end zone and just kind of watching his, his film and things like that? Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, he's someone that, like I said, I grew up watching. Uh, I think every tight end that plays the game after Gronk started has kind of tried to mold their game after him. I mean, he's been the pinnacle. So, uh, yeah, my, my whole life watched him, even when I didn't play football, you know, that, that's something I still watched and, and admired. So, you know, jumping into football, I was, I was watching a lot of Rob. And just kind of speaking on the other two tight ends in the room with you, in the league's youngest tight end room, you have Kate Otten and Cole Keeft. How much have you gotten to talk with them? And what's your excitement level, just being able to grow with them? Oh, a whole bunch, whole bunch. Uh, you know, I've grown a good relationship with both of them. Uh, and Co. actually live in part of the so, so we'll be a little bit closer. Um, Kate's awesome. Kate's just a, a great you know, young leader of the room. Um, he does everything super well, trying to take things that I can translate. Um, and Co does as well. So, you know, it's, it's super exciting being with young guys uh, that, that are that are still learning and growing. Uh, neither guy is peaked. You know, they're just going to continue to get better. And I hope I can, you know, catch up to them and continue to get better with them. So, Super exciting when when my tight end coach uh, John Van Dam when 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 I got drafted he said you know that should put a chip on our shoulder as a room you know we're the we're the youngest room in the country so uh, why not let that motivate us and push us better. Speaking of Coach Van Dam, what what kind of presence has he been for you? Obviously going from Ryan Wallace to Van Dam, he's a younger coach himself, uh, just you know his second year as a tight ends coach, but uh, working with him obviously he's working with a, a bunch of young guys. What has he what has he done for you for your game so far in just a, a short offseason? Yeah, I mean, he's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm very happy that, that he's my coach. Um, very technical, you know, wants everything technique wise to be right, which is which is, uh, you know, something that I'm very happy about. You know, we'll watch the film, break it down. You know, he'll he'll tweak something, you know, big or and uh, he does a really good job coaching me. So I'm very appreciative of him and I'm excited to get for him. Uh, and continue to grow this out. Yeah, new coach, uh, new coaches all across the field. With Brad Edzek, the wide receivers coach, new running back coach, uh, the offensive line coaches, and obviously Van Dam are holdovers. But the biggest, the biggest move is uh, Coach Dave Canales. Um, obviously, his offense in Seattle uh, is going to be kind of based on that McVeigh Waldron offense. How much have you watched that tape of what the tight ends did did up there? I know they had Disley. They had a couple other guys up there. How much of that have you watched, you know, personally and just kind of studying what your role might be in this offense as a rookie? Yeah. Uh, so, so both, most of our, not most, all of our install tapes are guys. So kind of forced to watch them, but uh, 
I mean, Will Desley is a heck of a tight end, and, you know, he was very involved in that offense, which is, which is awesome to see. And Coach did a good job of, of really explaining why we're doing things, um, you know, doing this to help this out, doing this to open that up. Um, does a great job of really coaching and explaining all that stuff. And, and he's an awesome guy. I mean, you guys talk to him and I mean, just a, a fun person. So, uh, yeah, it's been super exciting. And, uh, you know, watching those other tight ends, it, it definitely is it's reassuring and, and feels good to see how they were used. Yeah. As far as, far as um, you know, the, the system itself, what are some of your biggest takeaways from it? Yeah. Uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to run the ball and we're going to run it down your throat. Um, and, you know, we're, we're going to block it up and try to stop us. And if you figure that out, then we got 10 more things coming right behind it um, to, to go off of that look. Uh, and that's one specific look. We've got a bunch of them. So um, just attacking you from all different angles. You know, he preaches, the, you know, the, the football is the ball game. So we're going to take care of the ball. Uh, we're going to throw it around. We're going to run it around. And, and I'm super excited to play in this offense, especially. For- now, obviously, you weren't here last year. Um, but with Canales, it feels like the energy in the building is just through the roof right now. Uh, yeah. Talking to some of the other guys, Kate and Kobe, you're closer than other guys on the team. Do you get that sense that, you know, last year everything didn't go perfectly and you can't speak to that. But this year there's a new sense of like energy and vigor and everyone's just really excited to learn this new offense and get, get on the ground running. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't. But when, when I walked into the building, it's it, high energy and the offense is ready to go. You know, obviously, I'm I'm still learning, uh, and I think everyone's still learning. But it, it's it's the type of energy they bring. Is, you know, guys want to play. I want to play for that. Super excited about you know hitting the season for sure. So with coming down to Tampa Bay, there's going to be obviously a new quarterback throwing the ball to you, whether that's Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask throughout mini camp being able to see them live. What are your impressions on each of them and what they bring to the table? Both of them are, are super smart quarterbacks. Obviously, both of them are very talented and gifted, but what I've taken away is smart. And, I mean, they, they know football um, in every look that you can give them. Our defense has given us a bunch of different looks, and and, and those guys have, have just been on the money. Um it's been really cool to meet those guys, um, you know, grow with them, and them have have helped me out and given me tips here and there. So it's been awesome, and uh, really, really thankful, guys, um, for me coming in as a rookie. And then, uh, just kind of branching off of that, what was your first OTA mini camp experience like? Was it something you expected, or or what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I had some older friends at Purdue that, you know, are in the NFL now, and they, I was definitely reaching out like, hey, man, what, what I expected. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's what I expected. Um, you know, obviously, they're for good football, why they're there. Um, one of the main differences I noticed, everyone, everyone on my team now is, is super smart. You know, in college, you know, if any of my Purdue boys are watching this, I love you to death. <laughs> but one is football knowledge, something. But you know, sometimes in college you can get by just knowing what what you're doing, and that's it. But you know, here I'm hearing the linebackers helping out the defensive line, or helping out the safeties, 
And, you know, uh, Tristan is telling me what I'm doing on this play. And it's just everyone's super smart and we're all together and dialed in. So uh, that's one of the main differences that I've noticed. It's been really good. Speaking of that, the biggest thing that most college, you know, athletes say when they make that jump to the NFL is the speed. The speed's the big. Has that been for you? Obviously, you've got football smarts, but has that been the issue for you, just picking up that speed? Yeah, definitely. And and I would I would go on a limb and say, I mean, I, we have some freak athletes. You guys know that. But <laughs> yeah. I don't – I wouldn't necessarily say that the people are faster. I would say, going back to what I said, their knowledge, knowing the game, they can get to those faster, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, you, you line up a, a safety, a safety. I mean, I'm I'm sure they'll be a little faster, but it, it's not drastic. And I think speed it's just that knowing the defense, speed of the game. Um, yeah. So that 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 part of it for sure. Yeah, and I mean, you're going up against a guy who's relentless uh, with Coach Todd Bowles. He's not going to give you any slack at all. I don't. He doesn't care if you're a rookie, if you're a veteran. Um, and and the, the funny thing is, too, you know, just talking to Coach Canales, he was talking about, and just seeing it live, too, you guys are running a lot of call-it periods where you, you it wasn't scripted. And I'm sure you did some scripted, and I'm sure you guys will do some scripted as well, especially once training camp comes around. But the call-it live where you're just – live bullets are coming at you. You don't know what's coming. How has that been going up against Bulls defense? Because we know how exotic he can be. Yeah, definitely. It gets exotic for sure. I mean, they're doing stuff I've never seen before. So, <laughs> but honestly, I think I, I was telling my buddy the other day. Um, you know, when, when you get a scripted period and you see the script the night before, you know you're kind of laying in bed looking it over, saying, "Okay, this is my play. This is what I do on that." Uh, well, I mean, which is good to an extent when you're learning the offense. But the call it periods, that's how I feel like I learn. Um, I don't, I don't get to practice, you know, I don't get to rehearse head. I just got to go out there. I got to recall that information and then I got to go execute it at a high level. So I think those have been really good for, for me learning. Um, and you know, I praise them for doing that. Um, so I, I think it's been a really good tool. Um, just have those, like you said, those live bullets come just, uh, cause I feel like that's how you learn. I mean, that's the most game like that, that we can get basically. And you talked about some of those guys on the defensive side being uh, obviously a little bit faster, a little bit twitchier, a little bit more knowledgeable. One of those guys across from me is uh, he looks like an action figure, <laughs> really. It's Joe Tryon Shink. Uh, uh, you got Anthony Nelson there. Obviously, Shaq's working his way back, but just going up against those guys and fellow rookies, Yaya Diaby and Jose Ramirez. How's that been in practice? Um, has there been a lot of back and forth where you know they're getting you, getting them? How's that battle been going with uh, with them when you're asked to stay in line and block? Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I'll tell you, it's going well, and uh, <laughs> you don't have access to the film, so you got to believe it. No, uh, it's going well. I mean, I'm definitely learning that. I think there's a there's a almost a different technique of blocking in college, blocking in the NFL. You know, I know myself. I, I'm not. These guys are getting paid millions of dollars. You know, I'm not going to go bully Joe five yards off the line. Right. Not going to happen. So it, it's almost um, different in a, in a way of technique and just kind of getting him where I want to go, but not being you know, overly physical where I'm out of control and stuff like that. So, you know, I've been trying to teach myself that, and, and Van Dam's been doing a great job uh, explaining that to me. So I'm just trying to translate that over to the field. And so alongside some other rookies that are learning just as much as you and at the same pace, which rookies are you closest with on the team? Is it Cody Mauk, who 
at the senior bowl gave you the ball and you were able to, or I think you gave him the ball, right? Yeah. In the end zone to, to slam it down. Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, I mean, everyone's great. I, I've gotten to know everybody uh, very well. You know, Trey Palmer, I think, had 260 yards against us here. So he likes to tell me about that experience. But, uh, yeah, I would say I'd say Cody, for sure. You know, we, we've gotten super close. Our lockers are right next to each other. And uh, we knew each other coming into this. So, uh, yeah, Cody, Cody's definitely my guy. But uh, I love everyone. I mean, everyone's been super cool. Um, and it, I, I think we have a really good group of people. Um, so I – I mean, you can kind of tell Tampa drafted not only skill but but character. I think that's been really cool to see. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely see. Uh, sorry, the character in you and also Cody, like being a farm boy growing up at North Dakota State, is the grittiness that he brings something that you also bring to the table. Because watching you play, it definitely seems like you have that chip on your shoulder and that edge. No, absolutely. You know, he he farm. I didn't. Uh, I grew up close enough farms though where i still got a little piece of that grittiness uh he likes to give me crap for that but uh yeah no definitely um i i think that's just how i have to play you know what i mean i mean going back to what we talked about you know i i'm not going to be the flashy guy and i know that and that's okay with me but you know i i, I enjoy playing football because it's it's the closest i can get to you know physicality that jail so besides, <laughs> me, besides UFC, we'll see what happens there uh, but yeah, no, I love the physicality of it. Um, I think that's how I have to play. Yeah. When you talk about physicality, obviously blocking is one of those big points, you know, uh, being able to do that. Uh, obviously you're known for your ability to make those contested catches and, 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 you know, obviously being a touchdown threat, but as far as blocking, it's something that, you know, studying the film, that you're running a lot of 12, to, uh, you know, 12 personnel, two tight ends out there and, and they want to run it down the ball. Where do you feel like your blocking's at? What do you think going to get better? Um, and what do you think, you know, the biggest thing technique-wise you'll have to work on? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the, the offense we're running isn't crazy different from what I did in college. So in terms of knowing the technique, I think I have that down. Now it's just what – and, uh, you know, there's a couple things that obviously I'm still improving on, still want to learn. Um, like, like going back to what I said earlier, you know, I'm fully these guys – 10 yards off the ball like, like maybe I could get away with in college. So I really have to be technically sound and uh, just, just not trying to impose my will every play, but I'll definitely take it where I can get it. Right. Yeah, you know, Coach Canales mentioned, you know, you and, and fellow rookie uh, Tanner Tala as two guys to, you know, really look out for. Uh, says, you know, as I mentioned, says you guys have that quick twitch, that ability to separate. You know, just hearing that kind of praise from Coach, only, you know, being around him for – uh, a couple months what does that mean to you and what is that uh how does that motivate you to just continue to, to go go out and be better obviously you spent some of your off season continuing to train when this is you know normally guys time off and spend with their family go on vacations and whatnot but you've still been training well again some fun in too oh yeah absolutely uh, you know hearing him say that is it, definitely uh I, for you know Coach is very comfortable with me being on the field. Um, you know, obviously, I'm a rookie. I'm trying to make this. Um, I have to be able to prove to him and my other coaches that you can put me out there and you can count on me. Um, so getting, getting that acknowledgement from him is really cool. And uh, about training camp, I'm, I'm trying to get a whole bunch more than that. So, uh, yeah, going to what you said about the offense, just 
I'm a rookie. I'm, you know, I'm barely, I got my toes in the NFL in terms of vacation, hanging out with people. Uh, like I got a wedding on Saturday to go to. And, and other than that, that's really it. I'm flying back to Tampa after that and getting back to work. So uh, I might not have the luxury that, that some other guys have. Taking their right. While, yeah. so. right. Right. Exactly. And, you know, part of that, making the team as a rookie, um, you know, they like you a lot. Obviously the, the tight end room is kind of wide open right now um, with only, you know, Cade and co really the only guys who are veterans on there with a bunch of rookies and, and some other guys as well with Daphne and, and some of these other guys. But um, as far as making the team, we know that third, fourth tight end position, it's all about special teams um, and, and contributing in other ways other than just that role. What have you, what have you done on special teams? Uh, what's that kind of looking like uh, and working uh, to earn your spot on a roster potentially contributing that way? Absolutely. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with coach Armstrong. Uh, you know, we've, Talked about, you know, different positions on special teams. And, and you know, I, I've tried to, in every practice we've had, I've tried to go super hard on special teams and just prove that, you know, you can put me on, on all four units and I, I'm going to give you all I got. Um, so practicing, you know, every way on, field goal, I, I've just been trying to do it all and, you know, make myself a, a resource for my coaches. Um, that's something I'll continue to do. And, you know, that same way yeah, I play special teams my whole time in college but nothing really new to me um mm -hmm. but obviously i can get better and it's it's going to be a whole another beast at this level so something i'm going to continue to work on take pride in doing for sure yeah you know they say special teams is less about ability and more about will mm -hmm. more about want to and it seems like you definitely got that yeah absolutely absolutely and so you, you kind of mentioned before in terms of blocking one guy you'll be blocking for the lead back now, Rashad White, and what what has been your impression of him entering his second season? He's looking to have a big year. Do you see that and some of his abilities? Absolutely. Um, you know, I played I played with some amazing running backs, and I saw Rashad. I think day one of OTAs, and I was like, oh yeah, this guy's different. So uh, getting to know him as a person has been awesome, I and mean, he's funny along well. Uh, but just seeing what he can do on the field is super impressive. And you know, I'm excited to block for a person like that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, young and athletic and, and guys around on this team this year, uh, really kind of going out there and trying to prove their their spot. And and that's the I think that's the common theme with this is is getting faster, getting more disciplined, um, and playing smart football. And it, like I said, the Bucks definitely done a great job building this roster out. You mentioned Tristan Wirfs, you know, is, is helping you as well. Obviously. Working at tight end position, you're working closely with the tackles with Luke and Tristan, and obviously, you know, guys like Silas Don, Donzi, um, Brandon Walton, Justin School, all these other guys who are competing for that potential backup swing swing position. Uh, what's it been like working with them, especially, you know, Tristan and Luke as, as they're manning those two top spots, and, uh, and working, you know, with uh, Coach Gilbert as well, because we know he takes time with, with the tight ends too, working on blocking and stuff like that. What's that been like? Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, that was another huge takeaway for me coming into the NFL was just seeing how smart athletic these tackles are. Um, they're, I mean, Tristan and Luke are undoubtedly some of the best in the NFL. You know what I mean? Also to be able to come and really watch them, see how they work, um, see how they communicate with each other and try to take pieces from them. But, you know, those guys have been, have been really cool and, and top to bottom. I mean, I've, I've, gone in with everybody so it's 
it's been really cool just to, to see that level of, of person, but also player and uh, go from there with those guys. Two of the strongest guys on the team too. I think yeah. they go back, back and yeah. forth each week with uh, who's putting up the most weight there. That's gotta yeah. be fun. I've, um, given, I've given Tristan some, uh, some, you know, we, we beat you guys a couple times in college comments. So <laughs> talking trash with the guys in your own team. Speaking of that, are you a trash talker? Uh, is that something you do on the field or you kind of let your play do the talking? That's a funny story. Um, not anymore. I am not. No, I, I got in a little bit of trouble in college for doing it. Uh, <laughs> basically told me I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. So, uh, haven't done it in a while. Probably don't think I'll bring it back. It didn't really do me any good. I'm more of the, the funny joking around with the other team kind of guy. Maybe throw them off their game that way. <laughs> Kill them you can trash talk in the, in the weight room though. <laughs> That's free game. Uh, Say that again. That's free game, right? Oh yeah. I mean, with my own teammates, in weight room. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit. But you know, when when you have a brotherhood like that, then that's normal. So I, I do that all the time for sure. You, you mentioned, you know, uh, maybe career in UFC. If at the end, if this doesn't work out, there was a picture circulating that had a side by side with you and Carrie and Cross from the WWE. We always got to bring it back to WWE, guys. You know yeah. that. Oh, oh. Um, it was it was great. I, I would die laughing when I saw it. I'm like, holy sh- crap! He really does <laughs> look like a look like. Is that something that you're uh, that that you you know you might be interested in too? UFC, little WWE, certainly got the look for it and not and the hype that uh, they look for. Yeah, those, those pictures on Twitter were hilarious. I was those uh, my head again because I, a lot. Of- but uh, yeah, no, those were funny, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm so focused on football right now. I want I want to play football for the rest of my life. But uh, you know, I got I got some friends back home that are in that MMA world, and I think it's really cool. Just the the art. I always follow UFC and Jiu-Jitsu tournament. That's something that I've always been pretty interested. In. Uh, Mike Evans is really big into it too. Link up with oh, him and yeah. And- uh, chat with him about it because he's definitely into it. Before we let you go, because I want to thank you for your time, I just kind of you've got such a cool name, and, and you know, um, my son is my son's name is unique too. I named him Cannon. Uh, Payne is such a cool name. How, how did your how did your parents come up with that? Yeah, so uh, my my great maiden name was Payne, uh, so it's been a family last name for a long time. Um, there was some fight between my parents. My dad wanted to name me Major. And my mom wanted my middle name, Payne. Uh, so oh Payne, that'd be cool. Payne is my middle name. I don't know if you guys know that or not, oh, but yeah. I, yeah. But by William, I don't think that suits me very well. So I'll stick with my middle name at my whole life. Uh, but yeah, there were some arguments about the whole major pain issue, and uh, <laughs> looked like my cool. that one. But uh, yeah, Payne's family name, and I've gone by it. My life. So it's, it's pretty special to me. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely unique. It's different, um, and, it, and it suits your your play style too. Uh, I, I definitely think watching watching some film of you. But uh, I want to thank you so much for giving us your time. I know you're busy yeah. uh, trying to enjoy yourself before you get back down here and get back to the grind. Um, would you have just anything you'd like to leave the fans with? I know they're excited to have you on and kind of get to know you and get to know uh, you know a little bit more besides what we get in press conferences. Um, anything you'd like to leave the fans with? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, I'm super grateful for you guys. Uh, you guys show out, and, uh, you know, I'm pumped you guys. I'm pumped to give you all I got. And uh, I hope you guys know that, that every day that I'm a Buccaneer, I'm going to give you 110%. So super excited to meet you guys, interact with you guys, and super excited to see you in Raymond James. For- 
awesome. Payne, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy that wedding. Thank Enjoy you. your time off before you get back down here into the brutal heat. It's been awful recently. But yeah. Uh, thanks so much, and, and we'll talk to you soon, man. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. There you guys have it. Payne Durham, tight end for the Bucks. Uh, great stuff, you know, as far as, you know, talking about his experience in the system, um, you know, going into, uh, you know, coming out of college and, and what's been kind of the things that have translated, what hasn't translated, what he thinks his role is going to be in the system as well. Um, you know, very well spoken. Uh, I'm excited to see him play, just watching some of his, his highlights so far, um, you know, from college and, and watching him in OTAs and minicamp, you can tell, um, you know, this guy's picking up pretty quick. Um, you can also kind of tell too that, you know, the Bucks haven't looked at a veteran, thought about a veteran. I think they're very excited with Payne. I know they're excited to get him in the fifth round there. Uh, it was one of the guys they were targeting, as, as he mentioned himself, you know, a lot of conversation with the Bucks. So uh, great interview. I thought that was awesome. And I thought we got some good insight uh, to him as a person, but also to, you know, his, what his role could be on the offense. For sure. What really stuck out to me was his character and just kind of being, like you said, a very well-spoken guy and just kind of being the gritty old school tight end that the Bucks could have used last season. And uh, Kyle Rudolph, Cam Brait, they were kind of that mold, but they didn't really find the end zone. And that's one thing that Payne Durham really does well is find the end zone. 21 touchdowns in college, had eight last season. And just being a great guy, like throughout the interview and showing character off the field and then kind of bringing that physicality and hopefully some major pain on the field. Yeah, that was cool too. I mean, imagine his dad won that battle, <laughs> major yeah. pain. That would have been pretty awesome. But yeah, I think when you look at him too, you know, he, he brings a lot of energy. Obviously Canales brings a lot of energy. Um, and I think that's what this Bucks kind of team wanted to have this season. We, we talked about, um, you know, last year and, and some of the guys comments uh, from the team last year, just saying, you know, the energy level wasn't there. Um, some guys are too self-absorbed and they're excited for this to get back to being that full like team camaraderie. And I think we've seen a lot of that. Everyone we've talked to, you know, when it's coaches or players, you know, they all have the same thing uh, to talk about the energy and the level of the team. And, you know, maybe, may, I don't know, maybe they're, they're drinking Celsius like, like we've been drinking out here. Uh, maybe that's where all the energy comes from. You know, Coach Canales said, uh, you know, he drinks Celsius. Maddie's, Maddie's nicknamed him the human Celsius. Uh, so, you know, obviously Celsius is the presenting spotter, sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. It's the best energy drink on the, on the market, folks. I don't know what you're doing if you're drinking any other ones. You know, it's got the uh, seven essential uh, vitamins, essential energy. Uh, it's it's sugar-free. keeps you going all day long. And the flavors, you're seeing some of the vibes right there, the peach vibe, chocolate vibe, uh, the Arctic vibe. They've got the new fantasy vibe and Oasis vibe, which is amazing. If you haven't had the Oasis vibe, it is awesome uh and the sparkling lemon lime i mean that is it just tastes just like a, um you know one of your favorite you know lemon lime so uh, sodas out there so definitely check those out obviously if you haven't heard by now you can pick up celsius pretty much anywhere uh all of your convenience stores grocery stores health and fitness stores gas stations uh everywhere that they sell energy drinks they're selling celsius by now it has literally taken the country by storm with how good it is um, and, and how effective it is for sure. If you can't find one, uh, you can always go on the store locator 
uh, go on Celsius and go store locator, find a local store or bodega or anything near you where you can pick up your cans of Celsius. Once you find the flavor you like, you can always switch over to Amazon, go to subscribe and save. They'll deliver them right to your door. You won't have to do anything. You pick your flavors and they'll come right to your door. Celsius is the number one pick for Cuter Report and the number one Celsius energy drink, I think, out there in the market. So definitely check out Celsius um, and get yourself energized if you haven't by now. Um, speaking of energy, uh, we're going to get some more uh, energy next week with another one of these guys um, from the Buccaneers coaching staff, Brad Idzik, who came over uh, from Seattle with Coach Canales. So he knows all about Canales. Uh, we'll talk to him about you know the offensive system, uh, the style, uh, what Canales has, uh, you know, his trans transition into a play caller, what he's seen uh, of Canales' growth so far there. We'll talk about his thoughts on the, on the wide receiver room um, because the wide receiver room, obviously at the top we know it's looking good, and we heard a couple of names to watch out for from Coach Canales last week as far as Raheem Jarrett and Trey Palmer, but we'll get some more insight as well on that from Brad Itzek. So definitely make sure you guys are going to tune into that. Uh, next Wednesday, it's going to be at new time, 6 o'clock. But definitely make sure you're tuning into that. As far as, um, you know, this tight end room, it is super young. You know, K-Dot and, and Co-Keefe, both in their in their sophomore seasons, we've talked to, you know, them and they've spoke to the media. And just the difference having a full offseason preparing instead of preparing for the combine and preparing for your pro day has made so far for them. But what realistically, what are your expectations for this group? Uh, they are very young. You know, if injuries do happen, you're, you're thrusting potential fifth round pick or an undrafted free agent, maybe if Tanner Tallow makes the team or some yeah. journeyman veterans with Dominique Daphne. What's your thoughts on this tight end room as a whole? Um, and are you confident that they'll be able to go wire to wire for a full 12 games, uh, 17 game season? That's a great question. And Kind of looking at the Seattle offense last season under Shane Waldron, you saw three tight ends and uh, Noah Font, Will Disley, and uh, Parkinson all have a big role in catching short passes and kind of being safety valves. Uh, they had 50, 34, and 25 receptions respectively. And best case scenario, the Bucks are able to do that with a three-headed monster of Otten, Durham, and Keeft. And just seeing them, seeing Otten take that next step. Uh, picture here shows his clutch catch against the Rams game. And without Cam Brate, I think he's going to take a bigger step up in getting more targets, especially in an offense that looks to be predicated on just moving the chains and being consistent in that regard. So I can see Otten definitely becoming like a top 10, top 15 tight end if everything pans out. And all signs look that it will. And then you have a guy like Keeft in his second year. Served as like a fullback last year. I think he'll get a few mm. more targets in the passing game. And then mixing in a guy like Payne Durham in the red zone. That was such an issue for the Bucs. And being able to put points on the board. And a big part of being able to increase the point total this year will be a guy like Payne Durham catching some touchdowns. Yeah, I think when you look at last year, you know, I said this, you know, previously after after Kate Otten was drafted, I think he really needed a year in the offseason program uh, to really get bigger, stronger, be able to really handle those blocks. He did a great job. Um, you know, obviously he let some let some through, guys through last year, but I think this year with a full season to really hone in, work on his craft, 
again with the strength and conditioning coach, another year with his tight end coach. I think we're going to see a big jump from KDOT. And I'm not, I don't think he's going to light the league up on fire or be, a, you know, maybe a viable option in fantasy or if, you, if you're looking at it that way. But I think he can be a big part of this offense. He's, you know, he's your traditional wide tight end. He's going to be able to block. He's going to be able to catch. And really, when with this offense, what they're going to utilize with that 12 personnel is going to give them a lot more opportunities to be on the field. Um, and like you said, you know, there's no Cam Brate here. There's no Kyle Rudolph here. And a lot of the times you'd be watching games, you'd be like, why is Cam Brate in there over Kate Otten? Like, what, what are we doing here? He's a liability as a blocker. Sure, he's, you know, got that trust with Brady. But I think, you know, part of the reason, and trust me, you're not going to find a bigger Brady fan than me, but I think part of that reason that you saw came out there is more of that trust. Obviously they've had two seasons prior to last season to build that trust in chemistry and Brady doesn't have the best track record with, with rookie weapons. You know, it's just, it's just the truth out there. Um, so, you know, without Brady here kind of, you know, I want this guy and kind of dictating who he wants in and without Byron, you know, at, at the helm kind of being stubborn and with canals coming in here with a fresh slate with new quarterbacks, new tight end, everything's new to him. I think we'll see him utilize Kada in, in, in a role that we, you know, most of us wanted to see last year. As far as Coquif, he gave a lot of praise to Coquif last week, um, talking about how you know he just keeps surprising him. Obviously, yeah. we, you know, he knows what he can do as a blocker. That's what he's built his bread and butter on. Um, and Co for his um, for all of his lack of production in college, that was more based on the coaching's decision than what he wanted to do. You know, he I've spoken to him before and he's like, I've got way better hands. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a more technical route runner than what I was asked to do and what I was told to do in college. And I think he's really, it, you know, nipping at the butt to, to be able to show that off. And, and I think this season he's going to get that opportunity in 12 tight ends, especially if, if it takes pain a little while to kind of get up to speed um, and to get to that level where he feels, um, you know, as far as a um, – as far as a pass catcher, as far as a weapon utilizing the offense, I think being able to use him in a versatile role, coming out of the backfield as an H-back, lining up on the line of scrimmage, I think both of these guys have the ability to uh, make that big jump um, this year. And again, you know, I, Wayne brings up the comment here that Noah Fan had 50 catches, so I'm going to get the yeah. same. Yeah, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, especially Baker likes to check down to his tight ends. It's going to this offense is going to be predicated on take what's there, and if that's a check down to a tight end or or you know a, a shallow route to a tight end, they're going to they're going to take advantage of that as well. I think um, you know the ability of this offense to be so diverse and show so many different looks, as Canales was talking about, is really going to lead to production for almost everybody on this team. Obviously Mike and Chris should probably lead the way. Um, and I think Rashad White's going to be a heavy factor out of the run game as well, catching balls out of the backfield. Um, but I think everyone should have, you know, they should be able to spread this ball around evenly to be able to move the chains efficiently, get first downs, march the ball down the field and get touchdowns. I'm not saying there's going to be a top 10 offense, but I think efficiency is what you're going to see out of this Bucks offense. Yeah, for sure. And just kind of being an efficient offense, I think one aspect of the tight end room is that they complement each other really well. You have Kate Otten, who's more of like a receiving tight end, Keith being a blocker, and Payne being a like a red zone and kind of like somewhere in the middle between the two. And it's kind of back in Wisconsin, they have Culver's and you have a flavor of the day. 
in the tight end room, you kind of choose your flavor of which tight end you want. And there's something to like in each of them and definitely see the offense with a quarterback being like the point guard and pushing up tempo, being able to distribute the ball sideline to sideline. I think that's going to create a lot of opportunities for guys to thrive up the middle when plays open up. Uh, Canales last week, he talked about the play action game, being able to open up and utilizing the tight ends, catching defenses off guard. It should make for an exciting offense to watch. There will be some bumps in the road, of course. Uh, you mentioned they won't be a top 10 offense, but they'll have some good weeks and they'll put up some nice numbers. Got different guys will be utilized in, in various ways. So it'll make for an exciting season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you look at, you know, you look at the tight end room and they, I think you hit on pick your flavor, right? You, you've got Coe's the, the blocker. Cade is the receiver, but can do, he's not a liability as a blocker. Like a guy like Cam Brait was, um, he's obviously going to be a better receiving weapon. And then Payne can be that, that combination of both. Um, you know, obviously he's, he needs to work on his technique blocking a little while, get up to the speed of the game. But once he does that, and has that intelligence to know what he's doing. The guy's a film junkie. I know that he's going to be studying his opponents, putting in that extra time um, and, and really knowing what his assignment is. Um, but I thought it was interesting too, you know, as much as coach Canales is learning with these call-up plays, he's learning too. I mean, that's something that um, I think is going to help everyone in this offense is just being able to, okay, yeah, we've got the scripted, but also they're learning the playbook, you know, in the season, it's a little different because you're just learning the installs each week. That's why you can bring guys in short notice and they can have impacts if you just teach them the installs. But getting the getting the whole playbook down this offseason when it comes time for those installs and everything like that, being able to do, utilize these call-up periods is definitely going to help uh, everyone on this roster. And, and it sounds like it's already helping a, a guy like Payne Durham. So I'm excited to see what this tight end can, room can look like. I know it's, it is young, but, I mean, even if you wanted to add to it with a veteran, there's really not many guys out there. Um, I, I think Chris Wilcox is out there. Uh, yeah. Played with Cincinnati last year, but again, he's a veteran. Played in a similar system, but really hasn't done anything. If the Bucks do add to this room, maybe you see it being a cut down addition. Maybe you see it being, um, you know, someone released, you know, prior to the end of training camp. Someone comes available. I don't think they trade for anybody, um, yeah. you know. And, and that's really, I think, if they're going to keep four, I don't think they they feel like they need to have a veteran in the room. I think with you know the guys they have at wide receiver, the guys they have at tackle, because, you know, ultimately tight end is a blend of those two positions. Um, I think they feel like they might have enough veteran leadership to kind of steer these guys. We talked, we, you know, we talked about Trisha Wirth's impact on him as well, but it'll be interesting to see if they feel comfortable going in with just these three guys or if they go with four. I mean, because they use two tight ends so often, do they keep a guy like Tanner Tala who's impressed and who has, um, you know, he's wearing an 84 out there and, you know, <laughs> is that Cam? Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's another guy that Canals mentioned as, as someone to watch out for, um, as a potential surprise candidate heading into training camp. And I think this season for the offense, they're getting younger, they're getting faster. Definitely could see the tight end room staying where it's at. And then maybe having Tanner Tala as a fourth tight end around the practice squad, but you want to give these guys opportunities and, over some veteran options, getting them experience, I think, will be crucial. And Kate Otten playing the whole game or the majority of it, being able to develop on the field will be critical for him taking that second-year leap. Oftentimes, rookie tight ends, you see it across the league, drafted high. Uh, somebody a few years ago, TJ Hawkinson, he didn't live up to the eighth overall pick billing, but then became a really solid contributor. And other guys like 
Darren Waller, George Kittle, kind of that same mold. Not saying that Otten will be like that, but you'll definitely see him be a lot more crisper with his routes, understanding and playing up to the game speed. And I, you could say that for all the tight ends in the room. And just being able to be on the field is so critical. You see it in baseball, like rebuilding teams, finding those building blocks. And the Bucks are in that process. They're finding building blocks all across the roster. Yeah, I think I think if you look at the tight end position, notoriously it's been one of the harder positions in the league to really come in and make an impact right away. I mean, you talk about, you know, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, Kelsey's the same age as Gronk, but you wouldn't know that because he didn't really break out until later in his career. It takes these guys a little bit. Darren Waller, another prime, you know, we're talking about some of the top tight ends in the league here. You know, Kittle couldn't get on the field because he couldn't block. Waller had, had his issues off the field and, and you know, took him – coming back into the league to really kind of break out and be that guy. Kelsey was another guy who took a while to break out, and once he did, he was there. And I'm not throwing Kate Otten's name into any into those same com- conversations, but it just shows you that tight end does take a little while because it's such an intricate position where you're learning pretty much two positions. You have to, you know, be sound in your technique as a blocker, sound in your technique as a, as a route runner, sound in your technique as a receiver. Uh, there's so many different things that go into that position. It's very hard to come in and make an instant impact. You know, you mentioned Hawkinson. You look at some of these other guys um, around the league who are considered top tight ends. Evan Ingram just had a breakout year after having yeah. up and down seasons, battling injuries. And, you know, um, it, it's something that it does take time. And I think the Bucks are banking on, you know, giving him that game experience, giving him that ability, not not stunting his growth by bringing in somebody ahead of him and putting, you know, essentially they're putting all their cards in, in this young tight end, tight end room and saying, okay, you guys have the keys to the kingdom. We're counting on you to go out there and, and perform. And, and I think, you know, I, I would like to think that these guys will step up to the challenge. And, um, you know, when we're talking about this room mid season, we're saying, wow, the Bucks tight end room, the youngest in the league is actually, you know, performing at a, at a high level and, and doing their job for the most part. Yeah, and what what will interest me is seeing how all the rookie tight ends across the league do because they're this class so many. Jason, yeah, Jason Light mentioned the deepest in ten years, and I think the Packers drafted two like pretty high up, and teams all across the league were drafting them with premium picks, and just seeing how they all pan out will be really interesting. Yeah, and this this group was just kind of pick your flavor. What do you want? What are you looking for in a tight end? The Bucks obviously having a need to get better in the red zone. Um, better down the seam, et cetera, um, with someone who can make those contested catches, and that's what Payne was known for. So uh, they waited a little while. They were they were attract, uh, attached to some of those higher names, uh, Michael Meyer, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see because obviously we know it's all about fit. I'm not expecting the world from, from uh, Payne Durham this season. Uh, but, you know, uh, let's talk about that. Realistic expectations for Payne. You know, what, what What do you expect out of him? Obviously, we know about his red zone ability. What, what do you expect out of him? You know, how many touchdowns, how many – let's not do yards, but catches in a – let's do like a from here to here in touchdowns. I mean, what do you think he ends up with this year? Yeah, I think if he can keep up his college production of a touchdown on every 16% of his catches, something like 30, 35 receptions maybe for like five to seven touchdowns. I think could be a really solid ceiling and I would say I would temper it around that area. Yeah. I think if he gets around, you know, three to four touchdowns, uh, you know, let's say, yeah, 25 to 
to 30 receptions around, you know, three to three fifty. I, I think that's a solid year for him. Um, yeah, and I think that's contributions that the Bucks would love out of their third tight end. And, and you know, you say that he's the third tight end, um, but it's going to be, it's really going to be interesting when it comes to what they, how they utilize them, um, how they run those two tight end sets. You know, is it going to be with Co, or is it, are they going to switch it up? Because we, we'll say Cade's going to probably going to be out there, you know, on a majority of those sets. Um, is it going to be Co? Is it going to be Co until they get into a certain area of the field? How are they going to split those, those up? And it also, of course, depends on on his ability to, you know, pick up the playbook and really make an impact. But I think if he gives you three to four touchdowns his rookie year, you know, twenty to thirty catches. I think you're through the moon if you're the Bucs, and I think that's a heck of a pick. You look at a guy like, you know, someone who else came from Purdue and and had a solid career in, in Jack Doyle, um, you look at what he, he was able to do. Uh, I think if the Bucks have any sort of production like that out of pain for a fifth-round pick, um, I, I think it's good. And I think this year, too, more than, more than others, you know, Light has obviously has a track record for not – doing so well in the, in the latter half of the draft on day three, yeah. but just looking at the players that he selected with, you know, Payne Durham with uh, Jose Ramirez and Trey Palmer and, and these other, and Sarasia Dennis, I think this could be a year where you look back and you say, wow, you know, these guys aren't maybe might not be starters or world beaters, but they're heavy contributors uh, on this offense. And, and, you know, I think you'll look back at this draft and say from top to bottom, you know, with an exception of maybe a guy or two, that this was a, a home run draft for Jason Light, um, especially on day three. I agree. And just seeing uh, Peyton Durham, Jose Ramirez, Trey Palmer, and Sebastian Dennis, and listening to them, looking at their college production, you see a lot of guys, we alluded to earlier, being high character, and then also playing well on the field. And I think they're going to gel really well with the roles that they're needed to, to fill. They're not going to, like Sebastian Dennis, he's not going to be expected to be the second inside linebacker in a Todd Bowles defense. But just being able to come in, maybe have higher upside than K.J. Britt, you have a guy like Jose Ramirez. Might be developing a lot behind the scenes, but when he's on the field, he might have a sack or two. You never know. And just seeing Payne Durham as like the third tight end, sprinkling him in and two tight end sets, there's a lot to like with the Bucks' late-round draft picks. And this could really change the reputation Jason Light has for maybe whiffing on some of those picks. Yeah, especially especially in the day three. He's been solid yeah. round one, two, three, four, you know, even somewhat five. He's got some some good guys, but that, you know, sixth and you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round has kind of uh been his Achilles heel. He's got some contributors, obviously Grant Stewart and William Scotty Miller for a couple seasons was one of them. Um, but I think he's got a good chance to turn that around. Uh, this this year for sure, uh, with the, if these guys all pan out. But we're going to wrap it up here soon, guys. I just want to thank you, obviously, for joining, tuning in. Uh, we've got some awesome shows next week, and I'll talk about those here in a minute. But um, you guys know where you can find us. If, if you're not following us on our socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, definitely go do so right now. Uh, the content has been pumping out. Uh, YouTube TV, uh, YouTube Pewter Report TV, definitely check us out there. Go like and subscribe. If you guys are watching on Twitter or Facebook, make sure you head on over to YouTube. Uh, hit that like and follow button. Definitely appreciate it. Helps our algorithm. Helps us get us into in front of more 
uh, pewter people like yourself. We're almost at 11,000 subscribers. So thank you to everyone who's been subscribing to the channel. We definitely appreciate that. Next week, we've got some really fun shows. I mentioned we'll have Brad Idzik on Wednesday uh, with Scott and an uh, unknown guest yet, Peter, Peter Report host uh, yet. So we'll definitely have them on, break down the wide receiver room, his thoughts on it, break down um, you know, Canal, his thoughts on Canales and his growth as a play caller so far through uh, the offseason um, and some more fun stuff as well. Monday, we're going to have a really fun show because it is 4th of July weekend. We are not here on Tuesday, but Monday we'll have a pod here at 4 o'clock. Uh, we're going to be talking about which bucks would you invite to the barbecue, which is going to be Ooh. a fun one, definitely a fun one. This is the last Peter Report podcast of the week for us. But, you know, I'm thinking I'm not going to be on that pod. So I think if I was going to bring someone to the barbecue, um, I think Jamel Dean would just be a fun time. Yeah. He's always just he's always a fun time. Um, I think Patrick O'Connor would be a lot of fun too. Um, Rashad Tristan White would be Christian Worst, absolutely. Rashad White would be kissing babies and, and making friends with your family by the end of it. Um, you know, he's just everywhere right now. But I, I think this, I think this season too, there's a lot of guys here who are just really personable guys, and I think you'd really, you know, really have a lot of fun with it. So I'm excited to see what the guys think, who they're going to invite to their barbecue. But other than that, that's going to do it for us. Adam, uh, thanks so much for hopping on here. Any final yeah. words, final thoughts for the for the Bucks fans this weekend, for the Peter Report fans this weekend? Stay safe and have a happy 4th. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Have a great 4th of July. Remember to utilize those ride share services. Don't do anything dumb that can get yourself in trouble. Play some cornhole, eat some barbecue, oh, yeah. watch some fireworks, enjoy your time with friends and family. Uh, and, and again, guys, thank you for another for joining another edition of the Peter Report podcast. For Adam Slavon, for myself, JC Allen, we are out of here. Until next week, we'll catch you guys later. Have a happy 4th of July. See you next week. Out. Out.